Hi, this is Joe Hackman with the Manufacturing Advocates Podcast, and today I'm at Sierra College talking with Carol Pepper Kittredge. She is the Director for the Center of Applied Competitive Technologies, and I'm going to let Carol introduce herself and also a couple of very special guests. Hi, everybody. So glad you joined us today. So uh, my name is Carol, and I work here at Sierra College. And I have a couple different roles here. One is in workforce development. So we work with companies to do training, customized training for their workforce. But we also have a big role here on campus. Um, we have a public-private partnership with Hacker Lab. We have a makerspace close to our campus. And then we're also the lead for a statewide initiative that's going to help other community colleges create makerspaces on their campuses as part of their educational strategy. So um, so we have a big, big job here. So I want to introduce two of our students today, Heather Lee and Sebastian Romanet, and they're going to introduce themselves. Well, hi, I'm Heather. Um, I'm a student here, kind of a longtime student. I graduated high school way back in 98, but I came to school, started the whole mom career, and then decided recently just to come back and finish up my degree in graphic design and illustration, and then also um, explore the business classes here at Sierra College so that I can learn more and eventually start my own business. So that's me. Hi, my name is Sebastian. I'm a mechatronics student here at Sierra College. Uh, I started last year in summer. Um, I have one more class left and I get to graduate. And in just that short amount of time, I've gotten to see how much influence a you know, quote-unquote small community college can really have uh, in the area around it. So that's one thing that I've been very appreciative of. Very cool. So, Carol, what got you into this uh, area of education? Gosh, uh, you know, before I came here to Sierra College, I was a consultant for eight years, and I was able to work with a lot of deans and faculty at the community college level. But Beyond that, I'm a alumnus of Sierra College. I started here um, out of high school. Um, this was the first place I ever felt intellectually free and um, that I really um, could see my future um, at this place. And so it just was really an honor and a pleasure to be able to come back and work at Sierra College and kind of give back to the college, the place that really started it all for me. So, um, so I'm committed to my community. I'm committed to the work that community colleges do. And um, most importantly, I'm really committed to the students. Um, they're they're um, so exciting to watch as they come up and they kind of explore their passions and what they really love. And to me, that's, that's the joy of being here. That's great. You know, it's interesting. I have to give people a little background story about Carol and, and um, her passion for um, involving the people that are actually students is, is very telling. But she was recommended through the SME group as a potential guest, and I thoroughly agreed. I thought it was a great idea. And then one of the very first things she said is, can I have a couple of students with me? Because they can <laughs> tell the you know the story much better. And, and it's not, I don't think that it's, I think you just realize, you recognize the the passion that it creates and the energy that it creates. And I think, what a fantastic idea. That that was an excellent idea. And I love the idea that, that both of these students are here. Heather and Sebastian, we were chatting a little bit before we started. And uh, I think they're going to have a lot to offer the conversation today. Well, and I want to give a little shout out to, now that you mentioned it, to the SME Sac Valley chapter. So the the SME chapter has been such an important partner for me. They have over 400 
businesses and partners in their listserv. And when we reach out into their community, there's always a response. If I have a job opportunity, if I need something, they're always the first to step up. We do great tours and workshops, and it's really um, a very strong community that supports manufacturing in the region. So I'm ever so grateful to be part of that group. Yeah, that that was um, that was the find of the year for me uh, last year when I discovered the Sacramento Valley SME. It was exactly what I was looking for. I didn't expect to find that level of commitment to the industry in. Um, in a group like SME, but that's exactly what I found there with Mike and Jeff and and everybody else that's involved. And it's such an active community too, which is really great. If there's any indication, you schedule a meeting and uh, you know, and you, it's been quiet for a little while, and a flood of people show up or they have ideas and things. It's it's a very vibrant community, and that's uh, Sacramento Valley SME is the organization name. Um, so maybe, Carol, maybe you can tell me a little bit about what kind of educational opportunities are available here at, at Sierra College, maybe with more of an emphasis on, you know, obviously our area of concern, which is the manufacturing side to kind of help address the skills gap, which I think most people that listen to this type of a podcast are going to be very familiar with the, the idea that there's a lot of jobs out there that aren't getting filled. So maybe you can tell us about how uh, Sierra College helps solve that problem. Yeah, so community colleges are such an important part in manufacturing. A lot of um, the workforce and what they call the middle skill jobs, and those are the really highly technical jobs that require a really um, highly skilled workforce, but they don't necessarily need a bachelor's degree to do their job well. Um, those come out of our venue in the community college, and we have um, incredible programs that uh, employers hire directly from. So I'll just use the mechatronics program as an example. It's one of the best um, programs of its kind, this side of the Rocky Mountains. Employers uh, know it well. They hire um, a lot. Um, or they, they hire continually out of that program. And those students can go to work in anywhere from uh, um, an assembly line that's processing food to uh, a fab um, uh, factory to, you know, anywhere, anything that has something that moves under computer control, those students are really well prepared for. So, um, that's exactly the kind of employee that that um, employers are looking for. And the programs are super responsive to to what employees want. So every year they hold two advisories. Um, again, I'll use mechatronics as an example. They have one for employers and one for their former students who graduate and come back and tell faculty, this is what I wish I would have learned in class. And then they adjust the program accordingly to um, to meet that need. So every single program here on campus has advisory committees and they're, they're connected directly to industry. And my wish would be that every employer would come here first mm-hmm. if they have a job um, and, um, and, and see who we have that'll meet their needs because uh, we have 14,000 students on this campus um, many of which will be um, top employees for small employers. That's excellent. So, um, yeah, I've heard it's interesting. The reputation for the mechatronics program is very solid, and I've heard a lot of very positive things about it um, in, in this area and beyond. I understand. So, where do some of your um, where do some of these employers uh, 
how far of an area of influence do you have in terms of job placements? What are some areas where you have your students headed off to? Well, they're really limitless. So it really depends on where the student wants, the graduate wants to live. A lot of people that come to community college, they live in this community, they want to stay in this community, or they go out and they work somewhere else and they, they want to come home to this community. They really like living in this area. But it's it's really quite limitless as to where they can look for work. And it's as varied as... Um, uh, Cirque du Soleil needs technicians. Uh, now, how about that? How would you like to go to work for Cirque du Soleil and manage all the contraptions that are going on with that? I mean, it's, I would actually really like that. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, like two or three of our alumni actually wow. yeah. working there. Yeah, it's it's just it's such a limitless area that you can really follow your passion. So if you love electronics, you might go in one direction. If you love more of the mechanical, you might go in another. So it's so broad that it really allows a lot of diversity. But um, I want to give Heather a chance to speak up for the artist side of the house because I think that is equally as important in terms of um, adding to our community and creating that creative economy that we're trying to build here. Perfect. Let's do it. Heather, talk right. talk to us. Yeah. So, um, well, when I was in high school, there wasn't a lot of art programs at all available for me. So Sierra College was kind of my first exploration of the arts, I guess you'd say. And I kind of just went all over the board, which probably is why it took me so long to finish up a degree because I was taking every art class that I could possibly take to explore just the wide range of all the classes that Sierra has to offer. And that's kind of where I developed my passion and my, I guess, knowledge base of the wide range of stuff I can do now. Um, but I think it's super important. And the classes here are amazing. The teachers are all amazing and really helped encourage the creativity from all of the students that in each of the classrooms or each of the different classes I would take. And I think that's really important, especially from the maker side, because if you don't have that creativity, you're kind of limited a little bit. Like you need to be able to think outside the box or find ways to problem solve and get creative with things. So Definitely the classes here help that. And I think integrating all of those art classes with the mechatronic side is a lot of fun in an area that hasn't been explored too much yet. And I think we need to definitely explore that a little bit. Well, you know, one of the, I think, greatest trends for problem solving is the multidisciplinary approach. You get as many different ideas as you can into a situation and you break down the problem you have it's great to have somebody who has an art background. They might see something that you're missing. And right. so those are those are excellent skills to bring to the table. So how about you, Sebastian? You want to talk a little uh, bit about the... <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about the uh, classes you've taken, mechatronics, and maybe some of the ones that are a little more exciting and yeah. interesting. So um, the whole reason I even came to Sierra College for the MEC program to begin with was because um, I was actually taking MEC, a MEC program at another school. Uh, wasn't satisfied by it, wasn't uh, impressed by it whatsoever. Um, and so I was looking for somewhere else to go. And I saw, I uh, heard about Sierra College's program. People kept, you know, trying to beat that into my head, go to Sierra, go to Sierra. And I figured, oh, I'll check out the site. And uh, the first sign that it was a good idea was that the website for the Mechatronics program was called realskillsrealjobs.com. I was like, okay, cool, I'll take a bite. Uh, and I saw the awesome equipment that they have. All the equipment there is actual um, on-site equipment that you'll see on the job. Um, nothing is an education version or whatever it is. Um, they may be on a smaller scale, but it's still the real equipment, the, the, the real sensors, everything that you would actually see out on the job site. 
And so that got me super excited, and I went. And I've taken um, all classes except for one that I have left for next semester. Um, it's hard not to take as many of the, these classes at a time. They're super fun. They're very challenging, but they're also super fun. Uh, and they're they're immensely applied. There are no... Um, not a fan of theoretical math and theoretical ideas much at all. And all the uh, ideas that we learn in class are applied, if not within an hour, then the next day or something like that. So um, very easy for somebody like me who's more kinetic with their learning to actually grasp the concept. Rather than reading it out of a textbook and kind of talking about it, we uh, have a lecture about it, right, just like any college class. And then we go right into a lab using it and, uh, and basically trying to push whatever concept we learn to its limits, see where it stops working, basically. So that's what I found fairly interesting about it. That's pretty neat. Yeah, so you're not, uh, it's not the philosopher's version of the uh, mechatronics <laughs> class. It's right. The, it's, the, it's the maker's version. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, like a, it's like a maker-type class. Um, you do, there is some learning, there is some lecture time, uh, and depending on who the instructor is, it may be longer or shorter, but it has some weight to it. You actually get to use that immediately after and see what they were talking about and learn it for yourself. They're, it seems like here they're more of just a guide to, to help you along in the process of learning by yourself because we're kind of self-teaching a lot of it too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of uh, mechatronics that you have to just kind of experience for yourself, like knowing how to read a capacitor, or, you know, so simple stuff like that even sometimes. And it's nice to have people who are passionate about it. All the instructors in the mechatronics uh, program and probably outside of Mechatronics Program for Sierra as a whole, are extremely passionate about what they're doing. And it shows that they really want to teach other people how to do what they do. And that's another thing that makes it great for me as a student. Yeah, that's and, very inspiring. Yeah, I feel the same like with the whole art section of, you know, a little bit of lecture time and more hands-on, and it allows people to actually explore and do and... There isn't really a do it this way kind of thing. I know a lot of schools and my kids are in elementary school. You get a lot of A plus B, you know, answer this, solve this and answer mm -hmm. these questions. And there's not a lot of the leeway to go try it, do it, see if nah. it works, you know, and experiment. So I felt that a lot in a lot of the art programs that it was, OK, well, here's the basics where you take it from here. That's where you take it. Explore, right. learn, do and I don't know if that's why I've liked all of the art classes and stuff that I've taken is because there it does feel more like that kind of instruction rather than, no, you have to do it this way and yeah. use the lecture, listen to it and take your test, you know, more hands on. Yeah, it, seem, it seems like the, the emphasis is on how you do it at the K through eight, especially now. It's really become, OK, well, you have to show your work and you have to do it this. They're they're looking for a specific way to solve the problem. And I'm. For me, that's counterintuitive. I'm, I'm sitting there going, you know, figure out the best way for you to solve the problem. Yeah, there's a hundred ways. To there's a hundred ways. If you've got a way that works better for you, why? So I love the flexibility. It's a shame we don't provide that a little bit more. It's a shame <laughs> they have to wait until they get to college to kind of figure that out. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's worth a lot more at that point because you're like, wait, I, I can do it how I want to? Are you sure? Am I going to get in trouble? Like, <laughs> well, and I've seen that because I used to go out to elementary schools and teach art to the kids. And they're very, especially when you try to get them to, you know, oh, just explore, just do it. It's fine. They're very hesitant. Like, 
it would be nice to break that stereotype a little bit now. Yeah. Like it, it's all right. Like you can totally do it a different way. You're not going to get in trouble. Your grade's not going to go down. It, you know. Yep. So that's that's kind of a good segue if I can interrupt onto why we're involved in the maker movement. So both Sebastian and Heather are a key piece of our partnership in, here at Sierra College. And we just uh, finished uh, partnering with a mini maker fair in Rockland. So it was held on our campus. Everybody was involved. Uh, Hacker Lab took over the cafeteria. Heather was the uh, designer and the builder of the uh, Hacker Lab Pavilion, which was quite extensive and included um, L- so flashing cool. LEDs and signage and all kinds of very uh, a cool laser cut um, cutting um, exercise for children and just really great stuff. And Sebastian um, is the VR king right now, um, really. Um, and he can talk about this further, about his love for virtual reality and uh, the impact that it's had on our local community here. And you oh, yeah. might also talk about um, your venture with us in, in the academic world about creating the, the VR trainer because that's had a, a huge impact on other mechatronic students as well. But yeah. uh, but at our, our Mini Maker Fair, um, that allows us to experiment and try different things. So this year, I ran an open sewing lab, and we had, had never done this before. Mm. And we had boys and girls um, designing and prototyping right there on the spot all day long, lined up, waiting 45 minutes sometimes to get on a sewing machine. And, and that, to me, was really exciting to help kids start to think about... How do we prototype? How do we think through? How do we design it and make it right now? And if we fail, that's fine. We rip it apart and we start over again, and that's okay. And that's really where we want to move things to in education. So certainly our partnership with Hacker Lab gives these students an opportunity to go out and try and fail and try and fail and try and fail and really experiment. And um, I think you'll hear from them how much this has changed their lives. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. So about, you know, uh, let's see, where do I start? Um, a lot of community colleges or even past community colleges, think you know, universities and larger, they claim that, uh, they want to claim that their students are their most important uh, asset. Um, but Sierra College really shows it. Mm. They don't just talk about it. They actually show it. Um, and mean, I mean, by that, I mean, uh, I had, Carol had mentioned, I uh, produced a, or developed a uh, trainer for some of our, uh, one of our classes in the mechatronics program. Uh, We have a mechatronics trainer where basically you learn using that trainer to sort pucks from a bin to another one. Fairly simple concept, right? Only we have a limited amount of time in that class for that specific trainer because there's a lot of stuff that we go over, right? So um, I decided I would build a simulator for the trainer. uh, And my initial goal was to just kind of build it and make it available for students. Uh, Carol and uh, Steve Hunter, actually another very important person here, uh, saw this and said, hey, we can get that into the classrooms. We can, you know, take that out past the classrooms and take this idea out to the commercial world. Um, So they see stuff that their students are doing. It's not just me. Uh, It's people before me, people now, all the time. Uh, they see something that they're doing and they take special interest in it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, they don't just say, hey, that's cool, pat you on the back. They they say, yeah, that's really cool. Come with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the coolest part about it. And I kind of mentioned this earlier is the power of a community college. I had no idea that existed, right? I thought this was just another community college and I was going to take my classes and get out and never talk to anybody again. But 
like I said, they take a special interest in people who are doing something different. Um, whether it's taking what you're actually specifically learning and expanding on it or something that you already have in as, as an existing skill and you're showing them. Um, if they have a, if they can see a use for it, they will jump on it with you and help you get through that process. So that's one thing that's, I've, I've seen that's really cool. That's neat. Heather, have you experienced similar types of things as well? With yeah, the- I have, like especially over at Hacker Lab with the whole Hacker Lab pavilion. Like I didn't expect to be spearheading that whole thing you know when it started um but they were definitely everyone i worked with carol and chuck over at hacker lab was super supportive and let me kind of do what i wanted to do and like with just amazingly supportive and i haven't had that like whether it was jobs i worked at or anything else like i've only really found that here at sierra college whether it's the teachers or people affiliated with hacker lab and stuff and that's that's why I love it so much. That's why I love going over to Hacker Lab and working is because I feel like there's such a support structure, but, you know, be it a teacher that happens to be over there, a professor. Mm-hmm. It's like they, t- uh, they take us seriously as students. Have you noticed yeah. that? Like, I haven't seen that anywhere else. I can walk down this campus as a student and I know the president. I know, you know, a bunch of different staff and whatnot. They're super friendly. They take me seriously. It's very nice to see as a student. Like, you don't, I haven't gotten that anywhere else. Yeah. So like that wraps back around to what I was just saying, right? They take you seriously. They say, okay, well, you have a skill set. Let's expand on it, which is pretty cool. That's why, you know, Heather got her lead role in, in the Hacker Lab Pavilion, which looked awesome, by the way. Thank I didn't you. really get to see too much of it because I was on the other side campus at that right. day. But it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's, I can't talk enough about how helpful just the staff even here. Is. They're just super excited about what students are doing. It's awesome. Well, and what this allowed um, us to do is not only take a um, have them kind of explore and develop their passion, but also they've now taken a leadership role. Mm-hmm. So Sebastian is now managing the VR lab space over our, um, and he is he. You are you probably know this. You are the regional expert in VR for, um, for the region right now. So I mean, Ooh. pretty it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sebastian's the first student I've ever hired as a consultant. He developed a VR application and tour of Hacker Lab, which we have up as an app right now. Yeah. So it's so pretty we amazing. So I'll, I'll, I'll uh, plug that real quick. We developed a uh, virtual reality tour for the Hacker Lab in Rockland. Yeah. Uh, so anybody who has heard of it or not heard of it and seems interested in that, great thing to check out. It allows you to, uh, using a Google Cardboard set, mm-hmm. just put your phone in there uh, and you can take a virtual tour of the Hacker Lab and get an idea of kind of what the environment's like. Um, so if you search the Google Play Store for Hacker Lab Rockland VR Tour, you should be able to find it no problem. And then Heather has recently taken ownership of the laser cutting lab. And I'm really happy to have her do that because, first of all, we we need more women in this space. So um, makerspaces tend to be predominantly used by males and it's not that diverse. And so we're really happy to have a woman leading the design piece of that. So she's already <laughs> redesigning the laser cutting lab um, to, to kind of fit where she thinks it should go. But it's given her a real space, a spot in that space uh, to lead by example as well. So those are the kinds of things that we want to see. When they graduate and they leave, leave us, which they, we hope will never leave us, but... <laughs> But we know that's probably not, we can't chain them to the, to the floor. Um, but when they leave, they're going to be bringing up younger students underneath them mm-hmm. to take that leadership role too. So it's really important that they build that community. 
Yeah. And that's one thing, like even being over at Hacker Lab, like I said before, with the support structure, like I've never been in a situation where I could say, hey, what if we did this? And someone's actually like, that's a great idea. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Hey, like go talk to so-and-so. <laughs> like I've never had or experienced that before. So that's mm-hmm. been amazing as far as what? Someone's listening to my idea. Yeah, I just, exactly. Yeah. You know. Hacker Lab is an interesting place and it's very uh, inspiring place to work out of. Uh, and we've we've mentioned Hacker Lab actually a few times during this uh, podcast, and we haven't really mentioned what the hell Hacker Lab is. Yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you guys can uh, tell us a little bit of a background <laughs> about the that. the Hacker Lab. All right, so Hacker Lab is a private ha- um, hackerspace, makerspace, and a co working space. And their primary spot is located in Midtown Sacramento, where they have about ten thousand square feet. Oh, they're they're getting ready to expand to almost twenty thousand square feet. Wow. So Hacker Lab. And Sierra College uh, is a public-private partnership, and we're the first public-private community college partnership of its kind in the country. So it's very quite unique. The CEO is Gina Luhan. Gina is inspirational. She believes in open source sharing and building of community. And the president is Eric Ulrich. And Eric is just as smart as can be as well and helps really direct community partnerships and opportunities and really supports our um, efforts with Sierra College. So, so these partnerships take a lot of work because they're so new and so different. And we're ever so grateful that they've put up with us a giant bureaucracy. So it's really an amazing partnership where they pull us um, to, to change in education. And they've done uh, an amazing job so far, not only just what these two students have talked about, but um, with other friends from Hacker Lab who've come in and helped us uh, redesign our business entrepreneurship classes, um, many, many other aspects of what we're doing here on our campus. What was your guys' first experience with Hacker Lab? Heather, what was that like? Well, amazing because of the tools that are offered. So I was using laser cutters and stuff before joining Hacker Lab. But when I had went in, done the tour and kind of got to know people there a little bit, it was just one of those things that fit. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a place where I could go and I could make things and get feedback like right away, you know, especially with the laser cutter. It's one of those machines that's very quick, very, mm-hmm. you know, prototype something out really fast and have someone next to you going, oh, that's a great idea. Or what if we tweak this? What if we did that? So um, one thing I've seen around Sierra College is not a lot of people know what Hacker Lab is. So we're trying to change that a little bit. I'm taking a marketing class and a business class. And I know a lot of the business classes are now integrating with Hacker Lab and have free memberships for the students that are in those specific classes. And we're working on um, like a kickbox type model for building a business and starting a business through our class that is also integrated and tied in over at Hacker Lab. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of see more students get involved in it and go over there and check it out. Um, I did a presentation in one of my marketing classes that was, hey, have you heard about Hacker Lab? And no one in there had. (laughs) So I had to do the whole spiel of, no, it's an amazing place. It's not, you know, it's not the stereotype of a hacker. Like, See, that's the thing I have trouble with is trying to explain... Like the Hacker Lab, if you just look at it for what it physically is, it's just a building with tools in it, right? Right. But you have to look around at who's there, right? It, yes. The most important part about Hacker Lab, in my opinion, is who's there, right. right? And that's the part that's hard to explain is like, it's just, you know, I don't want to sound too Californian, but <laughs> it's just chill, basically, <laughs> at the Hacker Lab, right? <laughs> 
the the community that's there, the people that are there. Um, I mean, you have people in there in, in study sessions, you know, groups and study sessions and whatnot. You have, you know, engineers there. You have mm. a bunch of different people with different skill sets. And it's like when somebody new comes in as a member, it's hard not to go up to them and say, hey, you know, my name is blah, blah, blah. What do mm. you do? Yeah. It's always fun, right? Meeting that new person. And, and you never know you who you're awesome talking skill. to. You yeah, never, exactly. you're like, I had no idea that That's, you were, you know, so good at this. And or, it's not just students either, right? You have faculty yeah. from Sierra College going in there. Like I met Carol there and I was like, oh, you know, hey, you know, nice to meet you. I had no idea who she was. And Steve was like, no, she's a really important person. Go talk to her. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I kind of had the same experience. <laughs> When we started the Hacker Lab Pavilion, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I actually, um, I found the Hacker Lab by accident. I uh, um, was saying earlier how I'd signed up for Sierra College, and I think it was like, a, hmm, I don't know, a couple weeks until school started. So I was kind of late logging in. I was trying to find the My Sierra login, right? You know, and uh, the second result in the Google page was a Hacker Lab website. I was like, oh, that, mm. that sounds too cool not to check out. I was checking it and I was like, okay, tools and printers and, you know, 3D printers were, were, you know, really, really cool at the time. They still are cool. Um, And I was like, okay, this sounds really cool, but it sounds like a nine to five. Somebody's watching over my shoulder sort of thing. I'm being babysat all day if I need to use a tool or something like that. And I was like, eh, you know, also probably really expensive. Well, uh, Sierra College, being the great community college they are, have helped out students that want to go to the Hacker Lab. Um, That allows them to get a full Hacker Lab membership for $12.50 a month. Wow. Which is nothing uh, compared to what you get, the access you get, not in just the tools, but like I said, the networking Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I think I've gotten more use out of the networking there than the tools themselves. The tools are great. Absolutely. But the networking there is really where the magic happens. Um, But yeah, I found the website by accident, skipped work uh, (laughs) to come here the grand opening day. And it was totally worth it. I signed up on the spot. Um, it, it's not nine to five. It's twenty four seven access. Nobody's watching over your shoulder. You know, you take a class to learn how to use a tool, and that's it. Uh, you know, as long nice. as you aren't you know dumb about it and, and irresponsible about it, you can continue to use the tool whenever you need to. But there is such great people there that if you're not comfortable with the tool, that you're like, hey, yeah. I, I'm having some issues, or could I yeah. get a refresher or something like that? You know, and. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing about what I'm trying to do now with a lot of the classes I'm starting up over there is for those people who maybe came in and took one class, they right. aren't feeling very comfortable, still not, you know, there's a lot of techie stuff involved in, mm-hmm. in some of those machines over there. So it's more, get people more comfortable with things and, and be a support system for people that are there that are curious even, or the community that doesn't know what Hacker Lab is. Right. You know, have some fun classes that, you know, don't be scared of these really cool tools. You know, they're really fun. <laughs> you know. So I'll jump in on the business side again. So SMA Sac Valley Chapter just started something called Open Office Hours. They just started it on October the 3rd at the Rockland site. And then they're having a session on the 17th. Is that today? I think it is today. So in Midtown, so anybody who needs some advice on who to connect to, um, to do a special manufacturing process, they need to connect to for materials and supplies, anything that has to do around manufacturing, an SME, Sac Valley 
volunteer is um, has a space at the table for, for them. So we held the first one on the third, as I said, in Rockland. And we had about, I think, six or seven folks show up. And what I heard happen was uh, someone was saying, well, I'm trying to do this with LEDs. And they'd stop. They'd say, wait, 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 wait. Hey, hey, Peter, come over here. You just did that. We heard you just did that. Come on over here and say, I'll tell you how you did that. And they, and they continually pulled from the people who are in the space, who've already been doing this work. Hey, Phil, come on over here. You know about 3D printing. Come over here and talk about this. Nice. Just constantly pulling over from the community to help people that are trying to figure out how to get their idea to prototype, their prototype to production and into the market. So um, big shout out for SME Sac Valley Chapter. They're going to be at both locations once a month for open office hours. And it's those kind of wraparound services that are really, really important as we grow skills and we grow entrepreneurs. Now we're looking at how do we help you grow your business. And that's not something offered like anywhere that I've heard. I mean, I haven't been around the block, you know, a lot, but as far as I know, I haven't heard of anything like that. And that's what a lot of people still don't know what that Hacker Lab has to offer is things like that, where they can go in and get such an array of help and support from so many different chapters and people that are there to say, do it. We're here yeah, for you. And, and the best part about it is we're all more than willing to help you out with, with whatever issue it is, whatever project it is. Um, Hacker Lab is such a weird place for me still. I'm still... I've been there for over a year now, and I'm still kind of trying to get used to the idea that I have a place I can go to with a problem, like a like a project or something, and say, "Hey guys, what do you think? How do how do you think I should go about doing this?" And I'll actually get the help. And not only that, they, uh, most of the time they won't just say, "You know, oh, you should do it this way," and then you know, "See you bye. I'm going to go get lunch." It's usually the way it goes down is that you know I go over there and say, "Hey, I got this project. I have this idea." And here's a, how I'm thinking about doing this. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe do it this way. And they'll actually sit down with you mm-hmm. and go over in detail about, you know, whatever it is. Or actually physically do it for you and have you watch and whatnot. So yeah. it's a, the learning doesn't stop when you leave the Sierra College campus. If you go from, you know, the Sierra College campus to the Rockland Hacker Lab or the Midtown Hacker Lab, you're learning in all three places. Well, it sounds like there's a, a really neat culture at the Hacker Lab as well because, You've got this very giving culture. In business, a lot of people are, you know, they'll share articles about how to deal with people that try to pick your brain. (laughs) You know, it's like you should be flattered that people want to pick your brain, first of all. (laughs) Yeah. But but if you're not a giver and you don't like, you know, then that's fine. But if you are, go to the Hacker Lab. I I was very impressed. I'm uh, also a member of the Folsom Makers, and we don't really have a local... Hacker Lab there, uh, a lot of a lot of talk about it. But I've gotten help on projects from people in that group that just barely knew me, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wow, you know, this person's like coming over to my house and helping me with this project just because they think it's fun. Yeah, and that's you part know? of the maker movement. I think yeah. is is uh, is being open to helping other people out with your skill set. I think it, there comes a time where we have to realize, like, yeah, I'm really good at this one thing, but, man, I don't know how to do anything else that I need to know for this project or whatever yeah. it is, right? And that's where places like the Hacker Lab come into play. Um, you can fill in all sorts of skill set gaps that you might have or knowledge gaps that you might have uh, curio- fairly quickly. Curiosity. Yeah, that curiosity, you have. getting actual sure. physical help, too. I mean, 
Uh, depending on when you walk into the Hacker Lab, you might see a group of people working together on a random project that only really belongs to the one person. Um, but everybody and loves like an LED out. light up dress that happens to be in there right now for my daughter's <laughs> Halloween costume. Nice, nice. I have a, a lit a sword you can turn LEDs on for we, my son for his. We have that too. There is one over there. They're figuring out how to reprogram it to make different noises and different lights. Perfect. Yes, because as a seven year old, she has came up with this whole costume idea on her own, and yeah. I needed Peter's help to LED light it up because the techie part's not my thing. Building cool stuff. <laughs> That's my thing. But that's why I like Hacker Lab is because I can go in and go, okay, she wants it to swirl. She wants it to change colors. She wants a button that can make some noise. And this sword also has to Bluetooth fix, you know, and rotate with it. She's like, sweet, I got this. Nice. So that's great. It's great because you can focus on what you do best and not have to worry about learning a new skill. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not bad learning a new skill. Right. But if you're trying to get a project done and you know somebody else in the room has a lot of experience with it, Mm -hmm. you can... Uh, do your part of the project really well and hand that off to them. Usually they're more than willing to do it. That's great. Help you out with it, which is great. Well, and we're also starting to hear of people getting and connecting to jobs through Hacker Lab, which is really important. So we have one, uh, our first micro business out of that site has hired four of our students uh, but also I've heard from other uh, people in the community, people that I sit on the workforce development board with have found um, employees out of that site. And then uh, my son uh, just recently told me that he hired a, um, a welder that's a Hacker Lab member. So mm-hmm. we're starting to really um, hear that a lot. And I'm very happy about that, that, that it's actually helping people connect to jobs. That's great. That's really good. Carol, I want to go in a different direction for a few minutes, but I, I, I just, I appreciate your guys' passion for Hacker Lab and I think that's kind of part of the real value of the, today's podcast is learning about that because I think that's an important part of getting people involved with these uh, hands-on mm-hmm. type. I mean, we could talk about Hacker Lab all day. Yeah, we could. Yeah, we could <laughs> for sure. Or they could just come visit us and we could talk about it. You that's know? right. So yeah. they can do that anytime. Absolutely, twenty-four-seven. They're open. There's always usually someone there, but that's otherwise, cool. someone's there at least in the daytime working on a project. They can nice. always come in yeah. and take a tour. <laughs> I might have to look into their co-working uh, stuff. Sometimes it's good to get out of the home office. <laughs> oh yeah, very nice. If you need a little bit more open space, more desk space. It's fairly nice. Cool. So, Carol, I'm gonna throw kind of an interesting question at you. If you could wake up tomorrow and wave your magic wand, what would be one thing you would change in the advanced manufacturing industry today? You know, I think manufacturing is really difficult in California. We already know that. You hear it all the time from employers. If you're in a business and you're operating, you're having to deal with a lot of regulations. And so there's a lot of work internally in, in, in companies that are around regulatory issues and lobbying and that type of thing. If you're a startup, it's extraordinarily difficult. If you're, you want to do a new product and, and you're almost incentivized to leave the state to be a manufacturer, especially on a small scale here. So if I could wave my magic wand, um, we would have a really supportive environment for startups and really small manufacturers. I'm talking about companies of one to four people who are operating out of their garage uh, to, to really help them survive and grow and and have, be an, a very active part of our community and not feel like they have to go across the border into Nevada um, to, to set up shop and, and do business. We really want them here in California and um, to, ha- to build a 
a community, a creative class community, we must have people that make things. It cannot just be a service economy. We will not be a whole community unless we have people that make things here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. In a previous interview I did, actually the gentleman that sort of inspired me to actually do this podcast uh, really opened my eyes to the tremendous output that these jobs have to the community. It's a tremendous financial benefit to the community to have people making stuff. It's giant. So those were the main high points that I wanted to get to. Um, In terms of resources and things we've talked about, can you guys give me some, if you know them off the top of your head, website addresses, resources you think people should go check out to kind of follow up on the conversation we had today? Sure. So I'll start off with mine. So our website is sierracollegetraining.com. So if you go to that site, you'll see all of the workforce training offerings that we can do for companies. We also have another one called sierraschoolworks.com that has a lot of work that we did with our partner high schools, includes a lot of uh, curriculum and activities um, that are associated with the high school to college transition. We also have another one called activate.com. It was around applied to critical thinking. So if you, you know what, if you Google Sierra College and you use keywords like makerspace, critical thinking, training and development, that'll lead you right to our door. That's, that's, that's us. And number two might be Hacker Lab. And Hacker Lab is the big one, yeah. right? So there is actually a hackerlab.org slash Rockland, but you can just go to hackerlab.org and you can search on just the Rockland uh, classes that are coming up. And then always um, the best thing to do is come over to Granite Drive, knock on the door, come on in, ask for a tour. Uh, you'll you'll be welcomed with open arms. Just not at 10 p.m. We've had too many people doing that. So when the sun's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because if, if, if a guy if, bring his whole family, like his kids and everything, like 10 p.m. a couple days ago, I'm like, dude, no. <laughs> yeah. What do you? So at 10 p.m., that's when all of us makers are there making ah. stuff. So you know. I don't know. We, see, we yeah. seem to have the late night maker section right. over there. there. There's shifts. Uh, actually, there's another shift that I think comes in for the 2 a.m. hour. Wow. <laughs> I believe that's me occasionally. <laughs> yeah. All night. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Another website you might want to check out if you're interested in the uh, MEC program, specifically at Sierra College, realskillsrealjobs.com. I think it is, right? Or is mm-hmm. it .net? .com. .com. There you go. Got it right the first time. Yeah, and I don't know if I have any specific websites. Um, I would just say and encourage people to check out like the Maker Fair websites for all the Maker Fairs that are coming up. Um, also, the classes that Hacker Lab has to offer is a really good thing to check out because we're putting a lot more on the books. If there's classes people want or are interested in, we would love to know if there was specific things that we could offer. If there's something, hey, I would like to learn this skill, it would be great if the community would start, you know, being more vocal about that because yeah. and to get to our calendar it's just hacklab.org slash events that right. easy and there before we started recording this podcast we know that the city of rockland will be holding another mini maker fair next october so uh, get your stuff together get your skills um, on and join us because um, as a maker anybody can come in and exhibit it's no cost it's open and family friendly event and we were just actually talking about holding a fashion show next year with electronic art. So 
you're interested and out there, come join us. Yes, absolutely. If you have a skill that you want to teach people, Hacker Lab's a great place to be able to offer your skills also. So if there's a there's not a venue for you, I know for me there wasn't a place that I could go and say, hey, I have these skills. Who wants to learn them? Or let's just make something fun. So if you have something that you want to come share, like we we all love learning things. I think that's the big part of being a maker is the knowledge and wanting to know more. I I don't know. Maybe it turns into an obsessive problem at times because I just <laughs> I feel the constant need to what can I learn now? What can I learn now? No, that's you know? what it feels like, right? And that's that's one of the things that got me is that um, I ended up in a teaching position as well at Hacker Lab like you. And uh, it was completely random. And I, I was just doing my work. Um, actually, it's because of Hacker Lab that uh, uh, I'm even doing the work that I do nowadays. Um, they had a VR demo night there. Hmm. Uh, this was maybe two or three months after I had signed up. I was doing web development work. That was basically my career at that point. So I went to this VR demo night and uh, I randomly saw it. This nice, huge chalkboard calendar that we have right next to the front door. Uh, somebody very well drew a, a picture of somebody wearing the headset i was like oh it looks pretty good i'll go check that out uh never touched vr before never had any experience in that kind of world before and um it was just blew up from there uh you know nine days later i was in silicon valley showing off stuff um and then eric got a hold of it he's like you know what are you doing and, and i you know put the headset on him and somebody snapped a picture and that's when everything just started taking off. Um, and then eventually I was asked to actually start teaching classes. And, you know, as a young college student, it's kind of like mind boggling, like what you want me to teach other people how to do this stuff. And like, well, you know, at this point you're the only one who, who doesn't, I kind of wow. sat down and realized like, yeah, it's kind of true. Like, you know, it, there, there are so many people out here like that, not just me, right. I'm the only one who does a specific thing in Sac in Sacramento or the, you know, Sacramento area. But we have a few different people like that who are, they're really one of, it's not the only one. They're one of two or three in the area hmm. that know how to do this. And what's even better than that is they're more than willing to go to the hack lab and, and teach the uh, other people how to do these, these skills, which is awesome to see. That's great. So for those who haven't experienced VR, because I was kind of a skeptic, I sat through my first, <laughs> we hosted the first VR meetup, yeah. right? You didn't want to try it. No, I didn't want to <laughs> try it. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> And then they said, no, no, you got to try this because, you know, they're playing a lot of shoot 'em up games. This is not really my thing. And so they said, no, no, you got to try this. So they put the goggles on and they let me do this art program. And oh my Tilt gosh, <laughs> I was addicted mm. because I was painting and doing stars and it was the most awesome She ran up and gave me a hug right after. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> How have I not got to experience that yet? I'm just saying. Uh, well, the lab is up and ready. Um, so do it. if you want to do that tonight, we can go and check it out tonight. Sweet. But just in terms of applications for humanity, I mean, we can talk about, you know, gaming and having fun with art. But VR is going much beyond that for someone who's um, in a wheelchair. It, they have mobility. For someone who's teach, learning something, um, like doing an operation, they can they can have functionality. Mm -hmm. There's there's so many applications that are going to be uh, for the good of of humankind out of VR that, and we're just starting. So and and I think this is this is very true where art meets technology, which is why this is so important. Did you see this last week? They were saying that people who had spinal cord injuries that they hooked they had them hooked up to VR and they were doing stuff and they actually noticed they started they were their feet were actually moving mm -hmm. 
so that there's actually, they might be able to retrain the nervous system to go around a very severe injury like that. That's pretty amazing stuff. It wasn't possible even a year ago. Right. Which yeah. is pretty Actually, one of the Sorry, one of the companies I work for or do contracting with uh, in VR is called Infinidec, and they make an active omnidirectional treadmill. So for anybody who doesn't know what that big word means, it's basically, imagine a treadmill that allows you to uh, walk in any direction laterally. So you can't, it's not just going straight in one direction on a normal treadmill. You can actually turn on it and you'll still be in the center. Okay. It's kind of hard to explain. But um, this is one of those tools that we could use for, um, it got interest at, we went to CES earlier uh, this year and we got a ton of interest from not just gamers. I think gamers are really the small market, to be honest. Um, It was more the rehab market and the research market where um, there was one of these companies out of, I believe it was London. And um, basically what they do is they try and diagnose people's uh, walking issues, why they're walking with a certain issue or whatever it is. And they were explaining to us how they would follow people around with all their equipment on wheels while they were walking to kind of keep track of them and, and see what was going on with all the sensors and whatnot. And they saw this and they just lost it. They, they, all they could think about was, you know, being able to get better equipment that was larger and more sensitive, more accurate, and be able to just leave it in one place and not have to follow somebody around. And they could actually still, because treadmills weren't working for them, you know, you can only walk in one direction. But this device allows them to walk in any direction. So they're actually using their hips and they're using all sorts of different muscle groups as they would on a normal floor. So they were pretty excited about it because they didn't have to actually carry that stuff around right. behind somebody. Yeah. So it opens up a whole world of possibilities. That's All sweet. right. And we'll just focus on Rockland, London. Yeah. <laughs> this happened in Rockland. Yeah. 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 So this, uh, yep, the good good thing to mention, actually, the, the business, uh, Infinitec, is actually down the street. They're about, nice. I would say, five minutes from here. So it's a local company. There's a lot of... Uh, things cool things that are happening here locally nice want to put that out there for sure wow well you know this has been such a phenomenal conversation you guys are great you guys were really fun to talk with today and really i think probably opened a lot of eyes i think if somebody listens to this they'll get a much better idea of what you guys have going on so I want to thank you for your time, and uh, it was really a pleasure chatting with you all today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank thank you. you. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Take care.